Welcome to another episode of Sports Matters, our July 25th edition. I'm Kevin Drake, along with Matt Burt here. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. And we do have a very special guest in our studio. Before I introduce him, I just want to say that uh, Kenny Jones with News and Views will not be here this week. So you'll have to stay tuned next week. It's nice to have that British perspective. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed him a couple weeks ago when he was talking about Wimbledon. And feel better, Kenny. Absolutely. So you're, you're certainly going to be missed on air today, but uh, thank you for the extra half hour. Yeah, we'll take <laughs> we it. We always complain, hey, we could use some more time, but we never want to boot uh, Kenny's show. It's, it's a great show, and I'm sure next week he will be back, and he's going to have a phenomenal show. Oh, he always brings it. That's rough. You know, introduce our guest now. We, yes. we need a- Without further ado... We have a young man in studio by the name of Jared Friday. Jared, thank you, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure, and uh, Tour de France. Okay. What are our thoughts on the Tour de France? Chris Froome. Chris Froome's dominating. Four Simple of as the that. last five. Simple as that, Chris yeah. Froome. Unbelievable job. I, I think, you know, they need to do something about the spectators at this event. It's kind of, he's getting, you know, I love that they are very passionate and I love that they really show up. But when you're running on the track, so there's some guy that was nude running on the track. It's like, oh, no one wants to see that, man. Yeah, like, nobody wants to see that. But, you know, I, I love it that you guys want to go to 10, but let's bring it down to maybe like 8, you know, on the, the volume scale of craziness. So let's just bring it back a little bit. But, yeah, overall, that's such a great event. Thousands of miles rode on a bike. 2,200 miles to be exact. Wow. Roughly. Crazy. Do you know, have you seen the... 18 days of 20 days that they're cycling. So you average about 120 miles a day. And some of those are some really tough climbs. Yeah. If you get the polka dot jacket, you're the best climber. But uh, have you, did you see the picture of the guy after the race? His legs? Did anyone see that? I don't think it was Chris Froome, but it was one of the racers. His legs were just like popping with veins, like just everywhere. Just everywhere. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know it, it, it is. So you think about it too. Uh, okay, he won by fifty-four seconds. You think, oh man, it's only fifty-four seconds. That's and, a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's some distance. But you think over twenty-two hundred miles, it's really not that much. But the the uh, I think the Italian guy that the Tom was talking about, well, his name's just gone blank. But um, you know, he had the lead for a short period of time. And uh, but Chris Froome, you know, he just shows his dominance uh, of this sport. And really, he could have had five Tour de France's, maybe even six, but at least five. But he got injured in the 2011, broke his hand. But yeah. since then, he's won three straight. So, excuse me, 2012, he broke his hand. So he's <laughs> won three straight since then. So, yeah, the evolution of biking actually has gone a long way. The 50s, oh, I saw a picture uh, of guys in the 50s that are smoking cigarettes and lighting, lighting <laughs> their cigarettes on the on the bikes on the on the road. So it's come a long way. Wow, healthy yeah. for sure. You know, there's two style rides because you know their average times. You know, when they're just on the flats. I mean, you're you're talking miles. They're doing an average of two minutes to two twenty two minutes and twenty seconds. You two know, minute line. miles. Two minute miles oh, on I'd flat be, surface. I'd be lucky to get that on a bike. Th- no, that's average. Going I, could, I could do that doing downhill pretty now much. Now check this out. For the climbs, is, is two and a half minutes to three minutes on the hills. Oh my gosh, that, that'd be more like you know closer to my mile time, like seven minutes back back in my prime. I could get a seven minute bike nowadays. Yeah. You know, you know, I've I've hit three minute miles. You know, on my mountain bike. You know, which is pretty impressive. But you yeah. know, I do it for fun. I'm, you know, I I do like to cycle. I'm, I'm more of a mountain biker. So it's a little bit more rougher terrain. You're definitely dealing with the elements of uh, the wilderness and, you know, the trail conditions. Sometimes it's muddy. Sometimes it's not. You know, it's but it's a lot of fun. It's a good grind. But I really enjoy going up the uphills because that's where the good workout is. And, of course, my legs never look like those cyclists do. But uh, (laughs) yeah, just in shape. You know what goes up must come down, so be careful going downhill. That's where that's where a lot of the accidents happen. You know, and that's where I'm more cautious because I'm not as uh, great as a downhill. You know, that's where people can pass me up is downhill, but I get them on the uphill. Yeah. Because I just, I just work, you know, nose to the grind, work, work, work. That's what it is. But I want to, you know, learn more about our guest here. Um, switching over to golf is the reason why we have Jarrett Friday on with us oh, here. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how you got into golf. All right. So I started in high school. Um, before high school, I kind of played every sport besides golf. Now, uh, what, uh, did you play on your high school team? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, so I played varsity golf all four years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, that was a, it was a, 
it was a journey, you know. Um, I learned a lot those four years, but my improvement didn't come till uh, I played at uh, the junior college level. I probably gained like I got four or five strokes better just playing one year in the um, in junior college, wow. just from playing just better competition there. In high school, there wasn't very many like elite players, you know. Right, right. Kind of just beginners in, in high school and then the next level the the next hop was just incredible seeing all the good players that you don't see in high school oh that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah did you get any awards in high school uh yeah so i uh won junior and senior year i was um i think the all league all empire uh first team all empire two years in a row um and then yeah those are the words I got in high school, but it's just a, it was a difficult, golf, I feel like is, in my opinion, it's the hardest sport you can play. What just, drew you to that sport? I was, I was just curious. Um, you know I mean? Were you any, have any interest in any other sports when you were in high school? Yeah. I, so I was actually eighth grade. That was basketball was my thing. You know, nice. I, was, I think all of us are yeah, passionate almost, about yeah, basketball. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that I later. Mean, Matt, Matt knows me and him go head to head when I come back here. But, uh, <laughs> it's just an interesting thing because uh, my dad drew me to golf in the first place and I wasn't really into it. And then high school came around. I was burnt out from basketball, baseball, soccer every week before high school. And I was trying to find a new sport and golf just caught my love. So you know, it, it's it's a very uh, it's a great sport, but it's one of those sports where it's I think it's ninety percent mental. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. It's the, between the ears. Yep. The crazy thing is, uh, the better I get, the more mental the game gets. It's that's crazy. The hours I put in doesn't matter. Once you're on the course, it's just it's one hundred percent mental to me. You know, you can't make it happen if you're mentally not there. And and someone like you that's you know has played in some tournaments now and mm-hmm. you know and obviously you know all the years in high school and junior college and yeah you know playing golf is have you come to a situation where you're competing in a tournament and you had a bad hole how do you <laughs> that's a great what, question what, what what is it you do let's say you had a bad hole in thirteen but you go to fourteen and you just forget about it I know you're probably mm-hmm. disappointed or do you have a so my how do you how do you respond to that <laughs> my teammates know. Uh, <laughs> So when I'm an angry player, I play when I'm when I get mad, I play 100% better. So really? I I could get a quad on one hole and I'm playing angry with a chip on my shoulder, and that really is the difference maker. Uh, I'll birdie or par the next hole. Um, and my teammates tell me just just play like that 24/7, and it's it's a hard mindset to get into. But uh, so my high school coach actually uh, he played at Chico State all four years, and uh, they were the I think best Chico State team that they had and they're ranked eight his senior eighth in the world uh, his senior year and that, he said that's that surprising Chico State have a really good golf team yeah I know they got some party courses up there <laughs> I'll do that throwback yeah. that was in the I think 2005 oh, but nice. uh, he said the difference between him and the PGA tours that he PGA tour players that he played with was their mindset when they'd make a mistake it was nothing happened you know it was like they're playing chess and they lost a lost the chess piece but they didn't their mindset didn't change their expressions didn't change they're a mental warrior that's that's a phrase that i like to say when i'm golfing be a mental warrior out there you know it it makes it makes the game a lot easier when you don't get affected by those bad shots so did you watch the open <laughs> i tried That'd to be the british, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Be the oh, british yeah. open yep it was Jordan Spieth, he's he's a game changer for the oh game. Oh my, he's great. Uh, he's so great for the game of golf, and that's exactly what it needs. I mean, th- there's some. I mean, you look at the youth. I kind of want to get into to how we can you know make this sport more progressive towards them. I guess you know I hate using this term, but the millennials. You know, as, as if we're like, you know, classifying well, Yeah, this of is people. the millennial generation yeah. right now. And so, just not a bad thing. It's a For great thing. the younger generation, I should say. Correct. Yeah. So, how do we make golf exciting appealing. again? Yeah, appealing. Because, I mean, at times you're playing five hours and 30 minute rounds. So, the big two, like in my opinion, the big two problems are the amount of time you play golf. Um, and the fact that we have, you know, our attention spans are getting shorter for whatever reason. It could be smartphones, it could be televisions, for whatever reason. Just so the way, just the way this generation is being brought yeah, up, you know. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing is, is it's very expensive sport. I mean, I think the, a lot only. I mean, certain portion of our population can play golf because of just how expensive it is. Whereas in basketball, all you need is ten buddies, a pair of shoes, and a ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how how do they change 
from what the path that is currently going on into one that more people of the younger generation are going to want to play. And their whole philosophy behind it is, oh, play nine. But to me, that doesn't solve the issue. I think the, I mean, it solves one of the issue. You could say the pace of play, but what about the other issue of it being a very expensive sport? Well, it's just like you know, I was asking uh, Jared, you know, what inf- what what influenced him, what inspired him to play golf, and obviously, you know, father had influence, which yeah. is great, you know, um, but other people in your in your high school class per se that was on your uh, golf team, you know, what inspired them to play golf? That's a great question. I honestly, I can't, I can't really answer that, but I think. In many sports, the superstars in those sports kind of lead people to come play the sport. And there's been a break between Tiger being at the best of his like. I think the last tournament he won was in 2012. Am I correct? I yeah, think yeah. somewhere along the and lines. There yeah. was a five-year gap where or, I don't, Jordan Spieth won in what 2015 the correct. Masters. Yeah. Um, so there's been a gap in that generation for five years. There hasn't been a superstar in golf, and that's what golf needs. And I think Jordan Spieth, I think Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, those guys are all great for the game. But we need to see that because last two years there's been first-time major winners in every tournament pretty much. Which I think is great because it really it shows you the, the, the whole field, how competitive it yeah. really is, how hard it is to really win a major. So the things that Tiger Woods was doing was insane. Am- exactly insane. And he really moves the needle when yeah. it comes to golf. But don't sleep on Jordan Speed. Oh, I mean, no. He's no, just no, shy no. of his 24th <laughs> no. birthday. He Ooh. tied Jack Nicholas and something Tiger Woods hadn't even done and won three majors before he was 23. Oh, yeah. he I is mean, 24, excuse me. He is my age. What am I doing with my life? You know, I should have been on the golf course. <laughs> you got to get out there and play some more golf, Matt. <laughs> yep. I know. That's a hard thing to do. You got to get out there and play more I, I, golf. I get out Boy, I love to play golf full time. <laughs> Quit your job. Yeah. Play every but day. It, oh, that's what, that's the life right there. Okay. But it's a whole different ball game, you know. Now, now let's talk about some of your tournaments that you you've competed in um, in your junior college uh, days. Yeah. So uh, the first tournament I played in was I think it, uh, what was the course? Oh, Whitney Oaks. Whitney Oaks. Yeah, for uh, junior college golf. Our yep. teammates call it Whitney Strokes because <laughs> it's such a hard golf course. Uh, I think I shot like 82 first day or first time I played it. It was just a rough. It, we were playing the tips, and that's that's a big jump from junior college to high school golf. You're playing the tips. You're playing the pro level golf tees, and right. it's a it's a lot longer distances. You're playing 7,000 yard golf courses, and mm. that doesn't seem like a lot, but the yardages get you. The long par fours they kill you. Um, it's hard to rebound off of having 212 yards into a par four it's it's ridiculous uh but so our golf team came in third in our division or actually we clinched second the last tournament we uh we won we came in first the last tournament and got i think 10 strokes and we took the second place trophy from i think uh Folsom or american river college and then we went to sectional or north coast sections and that was at spanos park in sacramento and I played with some some really good golfers there. I was playing with one guy that was going to Sonoma State. That's my D1 college in, or in my area. And just that learning experience, that was the first time I played 36 holes of competitive golf. And after that round, I can say I was just defeated. It was the most gruesome, mentally challenging thing I've ever done. 36 holes competitively is insane. It's just so hard, you know. You know you're going up against all these great players, and yep. especially being part of a golf team. And it's just how do you shield that off and just silence all that around and just focus on your next shot? Is so, that pretty much what it is? You just go from shot to shot? Yeah, so my uh, my high school coach, he had a big influence on my golf career, and he just kind of his, – his game was mental. And so he said in between shots – Wander. Just be imagine things. Just don't think about what you're doing. Just just go around the golf course, walking before or after your shots, and just think about just things you did that day. Bubba Watson before his shots and during his shots, he'll think about like what movie he's gonna go watch that that <laughs> night or something. And I think that's a big part of it. If if you have a, a good round going and you're thinking about your round and just getting into the clubhouse, that's gonna affect you, and you're not gonna you're not gonna finish well. But if you're imagining things and not thinking about your score and just having fun, that's going to be a difference maker. And then once you get to the shot, have a target in mind, think about your ball flight, how many yards you want to draw it or fade it. And that's going to all around just be a great, great thing for your round. 
sounds like it'd be more precise decision making rather than second guessing yourself and yep. third guessing before you know <laughs> then you're in some deep trouble yep. if you my thing is I don't think about danger I think about where I can't miss because if you have oh there's a water hazard over here let's not hit it there and in my opinion I think water hazards are just like OB out of bounds in golf they're magnets in the back in the back of your mind if you have that in your in your head like oh don't go left there's out of bounds there or there's water right that's gonna be a magnet now you're gonna hit the ball there every time <laughs> yep <laughs> I got a funny story actually uh, at North Coast sections uh, a kid on my <laughs> he's gonna kill me for telling people this but uh, <laughs> well we don't have to say do it game. well he got a he got a 12 on a on a hole and that made us miss the cut for state that's my average yeah, uh, yeah. So he went in the water hazard four times off the tee oh. and he's our number four on our team or three and so if he gets a if he gets an eight on that on that hole we we make state it was just it was devastating uh, and he didn't such a heartbreaker yeah. and, and i know he probably felt really horrible oh, yeah. yep so uh watching on the pga tour what jason day does before every shot is he closes his eyes and he visualizes the <laughs> shot how much of that you know it, do you ever use that you know the visualization aspect yeah that's that's the jump that i made from being a high school mediocre golfer to junior college golfer visualizing your shots and that's i think before you before you even hit a golf ball you need to have a target in mind and just know where you can't miss and visualize your ball flight cuz the more mentally you put it together the more physically it's going to go. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I fully believe in that. It's a psychological oh, yeah. effect because when you imagine your shot, just even playing basketball, you visualize oh, yeah. that shot going in, uh -huh. and it's going to most likely it's going to go in. Yeah, and you but, can take that to any sport. Well, yeah, so there's a book that talks about that. Um, I can't tell you the name of it because I not remember it firsthand. This is all off the cuff. But I remember Harrison Barnes of the Warriors back when they were in the, the 2015 season when they won 73 games. He was talking about about it and I if I remember the book I'll say it but he talks about you know the visualization it's not about you know it's not it's about learning from what you're doing it's I think about Harrison Barnes is a mental head case oh right? I know he's he, he's got he some mental problems I remember what the but, the finals that the, before he they traded him he he couldn't do anything he was like, mentally drained couldn't make a shot from three couldn't do anything but like yeah okay maybe that's a bad example but that's how i learned about this yeah. but it's it's not the fact that you're you know you're going through the motions of it it's the fact that you've already thought about it in advance you know all outcomes so then you just do it because there's a famous quote in a famous movie that says if you think too much you're hurting the team <laughs> true true because <laughs> you're, you're overthinking your shot and yep. just like you said Oh, there's a water hazard over to the left. So now I'm thinking about it. Yep. I'm thinking about it. And next thing you know, I hit the ball right into water. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I think a good difference maker too is confidence. You know, you, absolutely. You got to be confident. Be confident yeah. in yeah. anything. You know, knowing that you can, you can do wear. it. Yep. I remember my senior year of high school or junior year. We were at uh, NCS, and I was playing with two guys. One was on a full ride to Clemson, and the other was on a full ride to USC, and he was waiting on UCLA, and. I was this junior call or high school golfer and I was I had no confidence I was like I don't think I can play with these guys and now that I'm I made the leap to junior college golf which is isn't much but the competition changed drastically for me and you learn to be confident on the golf course and be that guy like my my guy on tour is uh, Jordan Spieth, obviously, but I love Dustin Johnson's walk. Oh, yeah. He walks like <laughs> he, He's got a strut. <laughs> if you look at him walk, he his his demeanor says it all when he's walking to his golf shot he has this it's like he's walking down the he's a model on the on the strip he's just w strutting and stuff and i love it uh, if it was for him having that terrible spill down the stairs oh, i yeah. think he would have did some damage in a, at the master no, yeah. yeah you literally. know what yeah. literally yeah you know what if paulina was watching i'd have a strut too you know <laughs> that's for sure it's very true absolutely <laughs> you think about jordan speed too you know what he did in in the last uh, round, in that thirteenth hole, yeah. I don't know what happened, but he had a a, a really bad experience on the thirteenth hole. And but how he rebounded, just changed with, it, forgot about changed it. it. Eagle, I believe. And just it's like what I was hitting on is like you said, confidence. Yep. He had confidence in himself. It's like okay, I had a bad hole. Then to come back and the next 
was it the next four holes to hit he three ran. birdies and an eagle, yeah. or did he eagle right after that? I think that? he eagled right after at 14. Yeah. So he yeah. eagled, he eagled, so what he a eagled, heck of a way birdie, to birdie, come birdie. back, and yeah. then and then three birdies yeah. and a par, a and, lot, ju- and yeah. just took it home. Oh, yeah. A lot of times when, when golfers, I, I think personally what Jordan Spieth did after 13, he reflected on his past major wins, and just that reflection gave him confidence, and it made him believe, well, I've done this before, you know, I, why don't, why can't I sure. do it again? And that's what I do as a golfer. I reflect on oh, yeah. on the times that I played good and on the times that I struggled, and you learn from them, you know. But I just want to say that I'm really proud as an American <laughs> to go over to the British Open and have the top two people be Americans yeah. in that yes, tournament. He's the youngest Matt American Kusher. to win the British Open, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, even just uh, just beat out Jack Nicklaus, you know, by a couple months there. Mm-hmm. Okay, it I, just shows you how amazing that is. You know, before the age of 24, both Jack Nicholas and Jordan Spieth have won three of the four Grand Slams wow. or, <laughs> of the majors. That's pretty impressive. And Jordan Spieth still has the opportunity because the next tournament coming up, that's is what, next PGA month? PGA Championship. PGA, right, the PGA Championship. That's next month, right? Yeah. In August? Yeah. Yes. But he yeah. hasn't. I don't think he's done well in the PGA. He, no, he hasn't well, historically. Uh, but you know, you never know. Like you said, the confidence. You never yeah. know. He's riding high right now. He's yeah. got uh, confidence and the way he came yeah. back and won that tournament, it's that's amazing. I just the the game of yeah. golf needs Jordan Spieth, and then he, on the flip side, you know, they have to have someone rival him. Yeah, I think I'm predicting that. So McElroy made a big jump on Sunday. Nice. I think he was one under. Yeah. He, he was I wonder five. what happened. He's, to him. He started he's bad. Gonna be, he's going to be the next guy to rival Jordan, and obviously he's looking for the career Grand Slam as well. Uh, I think he needs the Masters to get it, right? And the U.S. Open, but I'm not sure. That's um, going to be great for the game I th- of golf. I think that Sunday round that he had is going to give him some confidence. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. Like those are the two main guys right now in yeah. the sport of golf. I mean, you can look at Dustin Johnson, although he's a little bit older than that, and he's had, you know, some off the course issues. I was about to say field. Thank you know, gosh, yeah. I didn't. You know, well, it's <laughs> I, kind of a field golf course. It field. Field, There's yeah. a lot of fields. You, I mean, say <laughs> the golfing as, field. As Jared was saying, all the yards. You know, you know, especially jumping from the high school to college ranks. You know, what a big adjustment oh, that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the guys on tour are, are bombing the ball. Everybody, oh, I know. The tour average is what, like 290? It's insane. Yeah, or more. Oh, or I, I think yeah, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. The, the just pure power that they have, like that's the main thing that Tiger changed that physically, taking that physical aspect of yes. the game. That is 100% like the game changer for all the people that are like, that's the, that's the reason that there hasn't been a superstar in golf. Everybody right. is Tiger, you know? Everybody is... Brooks Kapka. Oh, my gosh. That like, guy is a beast. Bombs. <laughs> I mean, Dustin <laughs> Johnson. Even longest, Bubba Watson, yeah, you know, yeah. on his drives. I mean, that was his strength. Oh, yeah. You know, just crushing the mm-hmm. ball the way he did. Of course, he struggles on the green, but that's a whole other <laughs> thing. But, uh, yeah. So, you, you got the long game, the yeah. short game, the mental game. There's just a lot of things going on in so golf. So, Jared, we need years. your pro tips for putting. Our listeners need help putting. How do you keep... <laughs> Including give me. Them, <laughs> yeah. Repetition. Practice. Okay. That's, that's gonna be the uh, the game changer on with your putting stroke. Matt Burton needs to work on his repetition <laughs> a little bit, but I've been helping him out the last few weeks, and I think uh, we're going places. But. Maybe we should do a little round of putt putt golf. Oh, just yeah. tap yeah. it in. Just, just, just tap, tap it in. in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, it's good times. Good oh, yeah, times. See, good normally time. the show would be ending right now, but thank you, Mr. Kenny Jones. Mm-hmm. We've got another KG. half hour here. Sweet. Yeah. KJ. Got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. We got we got to touch on, you know, what's going on in the NBA. Oh, like, there's a lot of drama going on. There's in the so NBA. much drama, and I love it. I love talking about bass. It's, this is going to be remembered as the – Bill Simmons hit this on the head. He's the one that said it. I'm quoting verbatim. He's like, this is when basketball – goes for 11 months in the sporting news because there's going to be one month where football picks up and then that is just going to trump anything that's in the sports world and he's so right about that i mean look at what's happening right now where's carmelo going to go Kyrie Irving's going to get go. traded, you know, he's, he wants out. And a we, lot of moving and shaking. Free agency just ended. Like, <laughs> it just ended. We just had all this good stuff going on in free agency and now it picks up with, you know, another who, trade win. Who wins. are we to blame? The Warriors. The Warriors are the cause of this all. Uh, yes. I mean, you could say that. <laughs> but they're winning. The, the thing is, the Warriors, if you look at them just about eight, nine seasons ago, 
when they first got Steph Curry, yep. you know, when Minnesota Timberwolves passed up on him, how how and why? Yeah, you know who they picked? They picked Johnny two, Flynn, Johnny and they Flynn picked and Ricky Rubio. Rubio. Those Rubio's are the two. Yeah, Rubio's. He then they neither one of them are on the but team they, anymore. They were slowly putting this team together, and then once this team came to, it's like, wow, yeah, what are we seeing the here? The Warriors organization did it right. Yeah, they Jacob took what Lincoln. the D'Antoni system and just perfected it. Yep, and took it to the next level, and now that is changed the whole way the game is played even from when the lakers won their back-to-back titles back in nine and ten it's a, it's a different game now oh yeah well, i you mean know, the the beginning of the warriors was when the crowd booed jacob lake of when he came out and the the crowd let it have it and he had been the owner for less than a year and steph curry tweeted out that night he says things will change back in 2009 and he was right he was very so well right. right and and that's what you do you 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 establish your will, you know. You instill your will and your style of play. And you make the other teams adjust to you. Yeah, that's what yeah. the Warriors did. And they're very successful. Yeah. They're the king of the hill, and they're a very tough I team just, to beat. I just wonder how lucky they were. They picked up what Draymond was the twenty eighth. So okay, so that draft. We're gonna go back in the time machine to that draft. They picked Clay with the I think thirteenth overall pick. Yeah. Right, twelfth to thirteenth. They picked Draymond in the I think 36 pick. He can name 35 every 35 every players that got drafted before him. And then they picked Festus Azili, who was very good, and he's going to have a good career if he stays healthy. Yeah. Um, so you you look at the Warriors have done it through building through the draft, and then KD signs on. Obviously, you know you can say that, yeah. but right, you you make some trades here and there. You make some trades roster, but they they didn't need KD. Mm-hmm. No, they well. <laughs> I, it sure is helpful with him, that's for sure, you know. And and uh, I think that the big thing is not only having those core young guys, but to have the supplementary players off the bench around them. That's what made them so good back in the when they won seventy three games. And, and then think, yeah, and then I was going to touch on you know what the Lakers are doing. I think they're starting to make some of the right moves. Hey, the Lakers are following right on the blueprint what the Warriors have done. I yeah, mean, you think Bill about it, that draft, you know, with, with Clay Thompson and getting Draymond Green. Well, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. I love. Kyle yeah, he's good. I like him too. But also the hit gem. He didn't really get to play much in in the summer league. But Josh Hart, Josh, Josh Hart, Hart. Yeah, he's was a winner. The big star and and led the upset of Villanova winning the NCAA championship a year ago over North Carolina. Oh yeah, he's North got Carolina. Hart. He's North got Carolina, Hart. You know, re, you know, got their vengeance back on the won the NCAA tournament, not against Villanova, but uh, he he was the MVP of that tournament. Oh yeah, he's so a great he player. That, so, yeah, the Lakers, you're right. The Lakers are they're, building a nice foundation. I, I'm really liking where they're going. And I, I, honestly, I mean, look, I think Lebr- LeBron James is great. He, he's a he's a great, great, great player. I don't know if I'd want him on the Lakers. Whoa. 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 I really, Why? I, I like what the Lakers are doing, you know, building up this young talent. I mean, yes, I'd welcome LeBron James. But you know, I don't think we they they would actually need LeBron James. He might help just a little bit. I mean, that's the best basketball player in the world. Yeah, you're talking no, about. I know, I know. <laughs> this is that's a that's a bold statement right there. It is a bold <laughs> statement, but it just shows you how much confidence I have in Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka and how they're building this team together. Because I want to see these young guys really blossom, and they also got a mixture of you know some. Other young guys that had a you know a two or three years of experience like yep. you know Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson. Right. And I'm really liking the way that they're starting to put this team. Brooke Lopez, who, oh, who's yeah. dropping, who changed his game and he can hit three pointers. Did you know? I He's know we've good. told this before. He's good. Last year he uh, hit 126 three pointers and blocked over 120 shots. I really like his game. Good but he also got posterized a lot too. I, I want to see what he can do passing. He's said to be the like potentially the greatest passer in the NBA. I'm well, he has that it. talent, yeah. but what, what he needs to work on is defense. But he does have the size, yep. and he can play good defense and his shooting. Boy, he's <laughs> got to get more consistent <laughs> with his shooting. He needs his dad to you know Matthew stay out start. of the limelight. I love Lonzo Ball. He did say that. Yeah, but uh, Mr. Lavar Ball, he's going to be in yeah, the limelight, but in, in his own way. But I don't think it's really going to affect the Los Angeles Lakers. They're just too big, too powerful, and you know, Lavar is going to do his thing. He's going to fade you give out. Him, you got to give him credit. You know, it, it's great marketing. That's the way Magic Johnson sees it. But it's true, it's marketing. Now, 
wouldn't this be funny if LeVar Ball became a coach in the NBA? Oh, my God. No, no. no I'd, I'd stop watching the NBA if let that happen. Did you see what he did with his AAU team? <laughs> I saw. He pulled them off. He pulled them off after they were up by nine, and he gets a technical, and he's like, all right, we're out. <laughs> like, what? Like, And people are acting like that as if that's the worst thing he did. Oh, that's so horrible. Oh, yeah, you're being demeaning towards women. Yeah, that's not as bad as pulling your AAU team off the court after you, you know, got a technical foul. I just think that's that he's just a ridiculous person. And you know what? I think Lonzo has just such a great level head to, you know, go through all this. And he, he makes fun of his dad a little bit because, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. And and I think the one that we really need to, you know, I think if you look at all the Ball brothers, I think he's the most – you know, Kawhi-esque. I don't know how else to describe it, where he's just, you know, he goes about his business very quietly. Whereas LaMelo, the youngest, that guy is, that, he is going to be a sound bite in the making. Like that, he, sophomore in high school. I hope his game is just as good as oh, his mouth. He's shooting from half court. That is just Oh, yeah, he obnoxious. talks just like LeVar, doesn't he? Yeah, he talks just yeah. like LeVar. I mean, problem, but yeah. And then you, we're we're not sleeping on Leangelo. That's a big body too. He's he can be pretty good. Um, but I look, look, to get back what I was saying. It's not that I'm knocking LeBron James. Like I said, I think he's a great, great player. Do I? It the loyalty in the NBA. It's it's like I I guess I come from the Kobe Bryant era where he was loyal for the whole twenty years. You know, it was awesome. This is a new new era, new team. Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka have really saved the Lakers. Thank you, Jeannie Buss, for making these moves. Well, she's now the the full ownership, correct? Right. Yeah, that's huge for well, them. Well, there's still, you know, all the kids still have have their portions, but she just has the she controlling has, interest. Yeah, the majority. That's the one thing, Dr. Jerry Buss, when he, when he, you know, one thing when he structured everything, everybody had their equal shares of ownership. Everybody had certain responsibilities, but when it came down to it, Jeannie would be the decision maker. And that's that's how it should have been. She should have had the majority ownership from the beginning because right. she's the one that's most invested in the Lakers. Absolutely, and she has the most knowledge, you know, of basketball. Being around these wonderful minds like Phil Jackson. Oh, <laughs> she, oh yeah, she's know, around that mind. Dr. Jerry sure. Buss really mentored Magic Johnson, and, and it's just, God, is that man like magic or what? I mean, yeah. that's just a perfect name. He just he just has magic. He just has that charisma, and it's just so great that even you know back in the eighties, you know, when I was growing up in Cincinnati, and just watching Magic Johnson and just that grin that he had. It was so contagious. You, you look at Los Angeles and Santa Monica and the beautiful beaches and there's Magic Johnson's smiling face on the Lakers and just like, God, I want to live there. Here I am. <laughs> I got a question. Do you think there's going to be any more Kobe's or Dirk's staying with the same franchise for 20 well, we're, years? We're looking at one now. Steph Curry. He, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he Steph- did mention that he wanted to go to New Orleans or not yeah, New Orleans, Charlotte. Charlotte. But I don't. That, that's not going to happen. They will give I mean, him whatever we, he wants. We shall see. But w- one thing that has changed the game tremendously is LeBron James in a sense of the whole free agency yeah. dictating your future rather than it being dictated for you. Yeah. And, and in a sense, that's what it kind of spawned like Kyrie Irving. That's why he wants to be traded. It's he, not that he, he doesn't like LeBron James. It's just... He wants to be out from under shadow. Hey, he won a championship a year ago, and but the thing about that is he's always said that it's this is this is just people are starting to catch on to it now. But he is he has said in press conferences he's like I want to be the main guy. Like it, there he's been putting the little foreshadowing out there for a long time that he does not want to really be a part of this. He wants to be his own entity. And you look at the teams that he wants to go to. Okay. And I'm going to revert this back to the my the, – I'm going to quote-unquote call it the banana boat theory because I haven't heard anyone else use this term. It's the banana boat theory right here, okay? Where the banana boat is Carmelo, LeBron, Chris Paul, and Dwayne Wade. They were on the banana boat back in the Instagram post, okay? They all four have said that they want to play together. Of course. So if the, if the Rockets get Carmelo, LeBron's going to follow. So if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers – there's only one team that you can trade Kyrie Irving to, and that's the New York Knicks. Because then you can get Carmelo in return, and you have two of the three banana boat pieces with Chris Ball being a, an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. He can decline his extra option. Whether or not he's going to do that, I don't know. But I, this is just a theory. You know, it's my, you know, Matt's crystal ball. If they get two out of the three, 
or right now because I don't know about Dwayne Wade if he would even want to continue playing at this point. Um, but if he does, he'd probably go and be a part of the banana boat. He's the extra piece that will just fall. But, but I just read something, you know, just recently that the most recent team is actually has the the best offer to give Cleveland is the Phoenix Suns and their uh, draft pick Josh Jackson plus a couple other young players to get Kyrie to get Kyrie and actually wow I, wow that, that would be good for Cleveland so that that you know that's that's sparked up but that's not one of the teams he listed he also listed the Minnesota Timberwolves that would yeah that but would be a they would have to give up because who, who would you, they give up they would have who, to give up Wiggins I'm not sure who they would give up yeah they, they would have to they probably crazy. have to Wiggins give will a, go back to the team that Wiggins, has to yeah. Trade yeah. Them I don't think I don't think they're going to give up Wiggins. You, you just can't give up. It's hard to get a, a really good wing player like that. Yeah. You know, they, they they got a great team. They shouldn't move for Kyrie Irving. No, and they just signed Jeff Teague. Right. So they don't really. They don't. I think I think Wiggins needs Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Oh yes. For, oh yeah. Just for maturity. That's that gonna team is going to be. They're going to be really good. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony is amazing. He's a boss. E- even Sacramento, like some of the bottom end teams, are are going to cause trouble. You know. I, yep. I know the Warriors are still the great team. Well, I see him win seventy games this year. Maybe they'll win sixty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. who knows? I'm excited I, to see what the Sixers do. Oh, I know. I'm. Uh, I've Matt's been high on the Sixers. I am high on the Sixers. Yeah. I have been. I've been. You know, Ooh, on that team. They've been good <laughs> since Doctor J. <laughs> come on. Oh man, it, trust hey, the process. Trust the process. <laughs> That's right. I and you know what? For a long time, like you look at their draft picks. Their number one overall draft picks have played a total of fifty-two games. Four players have played 52 games in that entire trust the process. They're going through the old but, Sam Bowie curse of the. <laughs> but you the know what? I, I don't care about any of that. You can spit yeah. as many numbers at me as possible. This team has some talent on that. No, you're right. I I I am not arguing with on that. <laughs> they I, have amazing talent. It's just a matter. Of, are they all going to be healthy and be able to play together to grow together? <laughs> and you know what? J.J. Redick That's had important. an offer for more money to go play for the Rockets after they got Chris Paul. And you know what he did? Nah, I'm going to play for the Sixers. Do you, do you know why? He said he wanted to go there because it seemed fun. Is he, yeah. He was looking forward I to it. I would love to play for the Sixers. They it's, they make basketball fun again. Yeah. But also, two of the three stars that the Sixers have haven't even touched the floor. It's true. So, we'll we're see. look forward to seeing what they do. But I think they got the right formula. Yeah. I think they got the right formula, and that's why I was very high on them. I think a backup point guard and TJ McConnell do the wonders as well. It's going to be an exciting season. Once we see what happens where the dust settles, where Carmelo is going to end up, that's just such a difficult trade to come about. The banana boat theory is real. All the backhand (laughs) business stuff. So hopefully, you know, certain things work. But let me tell you this where I think LeBron James may end up. Oh. It's Kevin's be, crystal it, ball. It is, uh, Kevin's little crystal ball <laughs> is uh, is the Houston Rockets. Yes, I really would like to see LeBron James in Houston. Can you think about it? You have him with Chris Paul. You know, two of the banana yes. ball guys. That's what I'm. James yes. Harden. Yes, those three right there. People are catching that's, on to this. That's championship. I would much rather. Finals. You know, of course. If he wants to come to Los Angeles, of course. Yeah, he's, he's more welcome. I mean, I'll root for him if he if he's on the Lakers. Don't get me wrong. I just like what the Lakers are doing. I am just so confident in their front office and what they're building. Yes. I don't even know, you know, how many, do they need one or two superstars? I mean, no, you know, they're developing will, will, superstars. Will, will they have a, a chance to lure any superstar like Russell Westbrook? Will they be able to have a chance? Obviously, Paul George wants to be on the team. If LeBron goes to Los Angeles, he becomes Iguodala in a sense. Where he's, not in the terms of overall talent, he's like a poor, or like a rich man's Iguodala. Where he's going to be really good in the first couple of years, but you're going to be really bad as a team. Like if he goes to either one of these Los Angeles and teams, what will the Lakers have to give up? Because I hate to see him give up on Brandon Ingram and yeah, all this young. You got to give up a lot. They're not, tra- they're not yeah. trained for him. I mean, mainly the team that you got to look at is the Clippers because of the relationship with Jerry Rest and LeBron James, which is they do have a relationship. That's the team that you have to look at. But I don't think he'll go there. I think the banana boat theory is real. I think they all go to Houston. If Houston gets Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James isn't care about money he just wants to win titles he goes to houston and he plays with his buddies and james harden as a warriors fan i want them to go to the east the east needs more players yeah the east if that happens the east is gonna be so bad oh my god well it makes the west so stacked but in a way i kind of like the the idea of lebron going to houston being in the west yeah then it's just the western conference is just this powerhouse conference hashtag banana boat theory but you know (laughs) 
it, 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 it all shifts. Right now, the West has been so dominant. But, you know, you, you've two, three, four years down the road. Who knows? The East will rise up like they always do. But that's what makes this game so exciting. I, if, if LeBron leaves, the Celtics will be the dominant team. And I don't think that they're going to dominate any Western Conference teams by any means. But you know what? He still is a member of the Cavs. Kyrie's still a member of the Cavs. Carmelo's still a member of the Knicks. So none of this happens until it actually happens. It's all foreshadowing. Exactly. It's just, you know, the, but the banana boat theory is real. But you it's will real. hear it here once it, once things go down. And you heard it here you'll, first. You'll, <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll hear it here first. Maybe not. With social maybe, media nowadays, you, know, you get information instantaneously. But you will you won't hear our thoughts. Well, no, you, this is very unique here in this studio. If you read it, then you you read it there first. But if you hear it because it's over the radio, True. you heard it here first. Indeed. Anyways. I just want to, you know, touch on a little bit of baseball. Oh, baseball, man, you were just reading my mind. I Boom. was like, Major League, we do this we got, a lot. We do this yeah. a lot. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been here before. First, first, real quick, are you a baseball fan, Jared? Uh, not as much as basketball or golf. but Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I do, I we know like golf is your number one sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. I do like my Giants. Um, I think a couple Giants fans in here. Yeah, I love the Giants. Yeah, hey, man, you know one thing I say? We're all yeah. true friends. Oh, yeah. Fans. Oh, yeah. True friends. True fans. <laughs> Of our team, Cincinnati Reds, San Francisco Giants. I'm true to the Giants. I, yeah, support. Anyways, I don't think the baseball season really like it doesn't start until after the trade deadline. I know people are like yo they they watch this entire season, but after the All Star break is the second half of the season, and that's where you see you know okay obviously yeah we haven't even hit the dog days of August. Yeah, yet. exactly, and it's still so early. That's why it's it's really tough to cover. Because, like, what are you going to say? Oh, Trout hits, you know, another home run. You got Aaron Judge is hitting a lot of home runs. Like, we could say, we'd say that every week, week in and week out. So, like, I like to talk about baseball right after or right close to the trade deadline. And we're getting to that point, July 31st. Is I think that's the trade that, yeah, I believe that's the trade deadline. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. But it's getting close. You're going to look at teams, you know, starting to line up for some of these starting pitching that are available. I mean, you got Sonny Gray of the A's, who's an unbelievable talent when he's healthy. I also heard that uh, Chicago Cubs are trying to acquire Justin Verlander yeah, that'd be, from uh, really? Detroit. That'd yeah. be pretty. The yeah, Cubs pretty are not done. Quintana, Quintana, who's great. I know the White Sox just pretty much empty their team, so they're Ooh. they're going back to rebuilding. But you yeah, know what? They're Houston going... started this with the whole blueprint because look how good Houston is, and even without their best player, they're staying afloat and they still have sixty four wins. Well, the thing that's going for the White Sox is Johan Mokana. <laughs> I think I said his name wrong, but the guy he eats Twinkies. He said he's known to have eat about like twenty Twinkies a day, a day. Wow, wow those things. Those things will survive a nuclear war. There'll be Twinkies and cockroaches. That'll that be the two things. I was eight years old. <laughs> I know. And he, I've and, since outgrown that. And course. he's the number one overall MLB <laughs> prospect, and he's eating a bunch of Twinkies. I think that's hilarious. Do you guys think that baseball is a dying sport? No. I, th- I think no. it struggles from the same thing that golf does. Yep. The one the one thing that golf and baseball share in common is that it's a long time. It's like it takes a long time, and I think the MLB is is doing the right. But steps. I kind of disagree with you on you know on the golf aspect. Is that I still think there's actually a lot of draw to golf. It's oh, just. Yeah. They don't. You don't have that number one figure like Tiger Woods. You know, moving the needles and you know having that big guy to look up to, and it just shows you how amazing he was and what he did for the sport. But you look at all these other guys, like uh, the top twenty guys. You know, any anybody can win a tournament. Mm-hmm. That's what, and that makes it even more you know interesting to watch. Well, I mean, at the same thunder? time, was that thunder? I just heard just. <laughs> What? <laughs> Maybe that didn't go over the, the air. The golf gods are. <laughs> They're agreeing with me. Yeah. The golf gods. <laughs> I, I don't think golf is a dying sport. I don't at all, think. I'm not any saying means. any of these sports are dying. I'm just yeah. saying that they have, you know, some issues for the next generation. I am worried about football with all the head and yeah the uh, football players. is the one really you think about it even though they're they're at the top of uh, all the sports yeah. here in the u.s i think American that'll football, change though they are, i think basketball yeah. becomes the top sport in the u.s i think baseball is always going to be the national pastime yeah. yeah 
you know, and, and it's more fun to go to baseball games. Not many, very many people watching on TV. You it, know, it like, is fun so going to the baseball games. Yeah. I will say that. Hey, yeah. But don't sleep on soccer in this nation. No, I'm, soccer has really grown. It has been growing, and I, like, I did it's my huge. senior project on that, that the MLS would be a, considered a top league by the year 2022, and I'm coming pretty close to that, you know, and five years. And check this out, too. There's a lot of football clubs that you know have spawned Cincinnati actually has a, a FC Cincinnati right. the oh, yeah. second year they're actually doing they're really good I actually went to a game when I was back there this past summer and uh, they're actually they have a game against FC Miami they both beat MLS teams they're in this little tournament and it's the first time that uh, two FC yeah the Gold Cup that they both knocked out the MLS teams, but you, so they're bidding to get into the MLS. So I don't know how that works. So you know, what it is if they got to grease palms or, or maybe play a few years and well, be really good. I don't. It, it comes down to finances, to be honest with is you. It really, it's finances, it's finances yeah. and you know the fact that who, what type of talent you have. Which you obviously those are the two top teams that are in that divi- or in that league, I should say, but. The MLS just turned down a $4 billion offer, $4 billion contingent upon having relegations with those two leagues. And the MLS didn't want that. They wanted to stay true to themselves, which, you know, credit to them, you know, for sticking true. But but that would be a great way because then you're on par with all the other leagues around the world. They all have relegation systems. And America is just going to be the, the one loan where it's like you keep the same teams every year. Which, in my opinion, soccer is beginning, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write the, the FIFA report or something like that and, and publish it. Like I, I, it's just smart for me to do that because you look at what the video game of FIFA has done for this country. The two things that FIFA has done is it inspired you know young Americans who are coming up through the video game generation to play soccer because it's fun. And then the other thing is you get the international presence. A lot of people are coming to this country, you know, as exports from other countries in terms of people. That's kind of funny the way I said it, but I think the international presence in this country is starting to become stronger and what their kids are going to play youth soccer in America. And so that's why I think the rise of U.S. soccer is, is coming, you know, it's, it's, it's imminent. It's not. It's not just. You know. I don't think. It's not. I don't think. I know yeah, that this a, is going to happen. Big scrimmage game. You no. Know, there's been a lot of like great scrimmage games. Like tomorrow, I believe it's up at the Rose Bowl, Barcelona versus uh, Manchester City. Yeah, that'd Ooh. be good. That's a good I have, game. I actually have a one of my soccer friends, which I'll have on air, is a big Juventus fan. Oh, you know, so good. yeah. So he was, his heart was broken when they lost to, <laughs> but they lost to a, a dream team, a super team, but. but Hey, we yeah, were just right. talking right. about baseball. We just changed it up so quick. We were just talking about baseball. But let's get back to baseball. <laughs> I want to say something to the Dodger fans. Do not worry. No panic. There's no panic. You've been winning plenty of games without Kershaw. Kershaw's been playing his part, but the guys that have been winning games for you have been these young, powerful guys and Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager. I mean, Yasiel Puig is playing out of his mind this year. Turner. Yeah, it's, it's like what... Uh, Vince Scully always always said he said uh, Yasiel Puig's like a wild horse. You just need to tame him. And now I think he's finally gotten it. You know, after a few trips down to the minors and realized, you know, the whole translation, you know, that the fire where he came from yeah. from Cuba. Well, you know, the Dodgers. The big thing for them is is there the rest of the pitching staff going to sustain itself? Yes, I, I think they can. It, I they, mean, they, they, they have actually really good pitching depth. and, and They the got great depth in the bullpen. I'm yeah. concerned about the starting pitching. That's my biggest – like, I'm not trying to dog them couple, by any they means. They got a couple guys down at AAA they could bring up and rotate in. I don't well. think that they're going to bring those – I don't think they're going to bring up bring Urias. Up middle relief. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. the, they'll get they'll get the six or the 40-man roster expands in September. Right. Okay, so they'll get those guys, but I don't think that so the think starting they're... pitching that they have right now, you, you're looking at who's the second best, the second best pitcher right now is Travis, or not Travis Wood, is uh, oh, Wood. Wood. Wood, who was undefeated before his last Ryu, start. Rio's doing really well this year. Ryu's been hurt. Is he out? Still? Yeah, he's out is, still. Is he uh, due to come back? I don't know. I don't know about that, but I know that he's been hurt the entire season. And then you, you're you're dependent upon guys like Rich Hill, who's used past his prime, and Brandon McCarthy, who's also past his prime. And you know, you got guys like Brandon Morrow to come in and fill in and stuff like that. But I think that they can, if they're going to go into the NLDS, which is looking like it's going to be the Dodgers and the Washington Nationals at this point, you're going to have to go up against. Max Scherzer, 
number one, you're going to have to go up against, you know, the arguably the second best pitcher. Like they, you have to go up against the best pitching staff right now in the Washington Nationals, and you're going to go in with your top pitcher Clayton Kershaw, and then they, he's going to match up with Max Scherzer, and then your second matchups is where the Dodgers are going to struggle at. So the, the in the game two, who's going to pitch? Alex Wood versus, you know, I mean, the, I can't remember who the second guy on the staff is, but he's unbelievable for the, the Nationals. I'm just blanking right now. But I think they need to go out and get you Darvish of the Texas Rangers, who's on the market right now. I was just going to ask you, are you think the Dodgers are going to make think a move? Gonna make, I think they're going to make a starting pitcher move for sure. If they don't, I don't see them, I see them going on the same path that they've always gone on. And I think if they get Sonny Gray – I don't think it helps him as much. I think he is, you know, he's a great young pitcher who's locked into his contract, but the Dodgers need to win now. They need right. to win now. But what's different about previous Dodgers teams than it is now is that they're they're putting up some serious offensive numbers. No and, doubt. And they're riding that hot streak of Cody Bellinger. He's been consistent all year. And, you know, like I said, Corey Seager. And now who's there? Who's there? Jacques Peterson is the guy. Jacques Peterson, yeah. And, he, and he's just kicking butt, so... No, it, it, it's it's looking up for them. You know, like I said, the Astros are looking pretty solid. You know, the Yankees are fun to watch. The, the Aaron Judge, wow, <laughs> Aaron Judge Dude, is unbelievable. <laughs> Did you see the picture Six of him? Six foot seven. Him standing next to Altuve. <laughs> he was bigger than like what all of the D line coming into the draft. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that was just an insane. Yeah, well, I mean, like not many of them are over 6'8". Yeah. And uh, he's 285 pounds. He's going to be a huge for the game of baseball. That's, he's the, he's the face of baseball. To, yeah. He's the future face of baseball. You think he's MVP candidate? Oh, maybe? no. I think, well, you know, there's there's right now it's a struggle between two people for the face of baseball. It's Chris Bryant and it's Mike Trout. And the face of – I mean, it's kind of like the, both of the baseball and golf – have two or I mean their faces of their sport are white men I mean that's not that doesn't bode well for you know the entire country you know because we're a diverse nation so it's good to see that Aaron Judge is coming up being someone you know that people can relate to of oh, all yeah. levels like I'm, I'm just saying in general like look Ken Griffey Jr. was a face of baseball for an entire decade you know people looked up to him he was oh, tremendous yeah. talent and now Aaron Judge I mean what an amazing talent Mike he Trout is. what an amazing talent any of these guys could be the face of baseball yeah. there's so many players there's so many players coming up and, and you know right now we had Pujols' 600th home run and did anyone you know remember like it, really anything about it like I, I remember watching the game in Angel Stadium and was like half full I was like how we were at an Angels game what two days ago and yeah it was it was full of Red Sox fans yeah there was there was probably uh, the Red Sox have a great draw oh yeah they, yeah, they, they, they have, have a great, great those draw those fans are well they follow oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know our time's starting to run short, but first, oh, I want to thank our guests yeah, for joining thank you us. Thank so much, Jared. Friday, or, or so. Any future plans? Any future golf tournaments you're going to be participating in? We're going to we're going to wait and see how my numbers are next year, and then we'll, we'll yeah. go on from there. Now, are you still in college? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll be my uh, second year in in college this year. So nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah if absolutely. the UCI golf team is listening, yeah. he's available. We'll see. <laughs> Probably, probably not though. Well, we gotta watch out for the NCAA there. Yeah, you know we gotta, but, uh, yeah. No, it's really nice having you. But and also, we got the NFL summer camps are going to be Ooh, opening up yeah, here. Yep, this know? weekend. This weekend, so um, you know, Matt and I might have a little, we're gonna have a little bit of surprises for you in the next coming shows here. So I don't, I'm not gonna give anything away. No cat coming. My out lips today. are sealed. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Sports Matters, and you can check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, the name is Sports Matters Radio Host. Again, Sports Matter, Sports Matters Radio Host on SoundCloud. So give a listen, and we'll have this show up there shortly. So enjoy the rest of your morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, we come again, eh? It's me, we come again, eh? Don't tell your friend, eh? We come again, eh? Don't tell your friend, eh?